Hello and welcome to another instalment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today we are here to talk about empowering tech teams and unlocking potential. We have a great panel today, including Jürgen, Gitika and Nivedita. We'll start off as usual with some introductions. Jürgen, are you okay to go first? Yes. Uh, hello, my name is uh, Jürgen. I work for a, a development company in uh, Gothenburg called Devis. Uh, I have uh, 20 plus years in IT business. And uh, uh, since I'm that old, I've done almost uh, everything that you can do in, in, in IT. Uh, regarding uh, my spare time, I spend it uh, a lot with non-IT stuff. I do a lot of barbecuing. So that's me. Amazing. Definitely sounds like we should all come around to your house afterwards and have some, some delicious food. Um, <laughs> moving forward, uh, good to get. Are you okay to give us a bit of an introduction to yourself? Absolutely. First of all, I'm very excited to be here. My name is Kitika Arora. I go with pronouns she, her, hers. I have a total experience of nine-ish years in the industry, and I've been serving as an engineering manager at Spotify for nearly three years. My enthusiasm lies in nurturing individuals by guiding them through challenges, and I'm equally passionate about crafting products that benefit our community. Lately, I've developed a strong affinity for meditation and make it a daily practice to introspect and reflect on my thoughts. That's me in a nutshell. Amazing. Thank you. That's that's really good. Um, and then lastly, Nivedita. Yeah. Uh, hi. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. I'm Nivedita Harakamani. I'm working in Volvo Cars as a senior product manager. I have uh, 10 years uh, plus experience in uh, various different roles, uh, being a freelancer as well. It gives me purpose uh, to solve real world problems real world problems uh, and that's why i enjoy being uh, in the product uh, area my interests include uh, reading non-fiction and going for long walks and i have been an ardent meditator for almost 10 years now uh, so very similar to you katika i think we found some common interests already um, i'm driven by curiosity and understanding perspectives uh, from different um, uh, vantage points so that what that's what keeps me the drive to do what I do today. So this is me. Amazing, lovely. Thank you so much for those introductions. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Now, like usual, what we will do is we've, I've asked everyone to prepare a question, subtopic, or an area to focus on for the podcast. What we'll now do is delve a little bit deeper into those so everyone can share their opinions and thoughts and get some real good conversation flowing. Uh, good to get. Are we okay to start with your question? Could you introduce it to us? Absolutely. So uh, here is my question. As we all know, innovation often thrives in diverse and inclusive environments. 
how can leaders promote diversity within their tech teams and how does diversity contribute to creative problem solving and innovation i would like to open the forum with one way i promote diversity within our tech teams and how that contributes to creative problem solving and innovation i intentionally try to build diverse teams these teams bring together individuals with different skills experiences and viewpoints which then leads to more robust discussions and creative solutions diversity of thought is a cornerstone of innovation according to me so here i would like to open the forum and like to hear your views yeah so would you like to start start us yeah um i think um i i wrote down here that um uh, um uh, see everyone in the team uh it doesn't matter uh, uh age uh, how long you've been in the team or, or how long you've done developing or, or whatever preference there might be but as you as a leader uh, sees everyone and and you bring them up uh, to the conversation in a, in a, how should i put it uh, a pace that is uh, uh, accepted for the individual um some people want to take it fast and some people don't want to want to be in the back and learn uh, to know the team and so on but uh but uh, include everyone uh listen to to those who don't speak that often um yeah trying to 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 get them involved i i usually say that uh, if we have a team of of five developers we have five individuals that can uh, are innovators uh we don't have any any specific uh, department that we call innovations we 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 are all innovators but we are innovating different ways amazing and nivedita yeah i i think i would like to add that point by saying that diversity comes in different shapes and forms it comes in shape uh, in co- it comes um with uh, with respect to your background your age your uh, experience and then also how you how you solve uh real world problems in in real world life so uh in that sense i think i completely uh, agree with jorgen where he said that if you have five developers then there are five different ways or maybe permutations of the combinations of those uh, in how you can solve a problem and it's very important to have an open mind uh, especially being a leader um and learn to see at the different viewpoints and perspectives they are coming from because uh, the risk that you one person sees uh, as low might be seen as very high by somebody else and how do you balance that out as a leader i think that makes it very interesting in the team dynamics gitika i can see your hands up great points so far i think one thing that resonated to me when jorgen said that uh, try to give everybody space to provide their ideas and uh, so that everybody feels inclusive I think one thing that I've noticed so far in my career is that of course diversity is what we said age race ethnicity underrepresented groups etc also as leaders we should try and understand that people are coming from different backgrounds and everybody is very different so i've seen a challenge where sometimes introverted people in the team uh, face underrepresentation in whenever there are architecture decision etc they don't get a space to step up and speak and i honestly feel that there we are just losing talent 
So that's also one area that I feel is never talked about when we discuss diversity. And it's very important for leaders to recognize which person in the team needs to be given that platform and when. <clears throat> totally agree. Um, I've heard uh, 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 horror stories, so to speak, where where uh, where someone has a certificate of the knowledge that he or she has uh, uh, gained, and uh, another person comes with an idea that don't have the certificate, and it's like, I don't listen to you. You don't have this piece of paper. Um, yeah, <laughs> it bums me out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a very good point. I think I can uh, recognize some aspects of that. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Oh, um, oh sorry. That's the thing as well here. Um, uh, you don't have the creativity. You don't improve the creativity by uh, having these uh, uh, certificates or whatever papers that's needed or educational background. And you, you, you. You, you kill the, 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 the innovation and the creativity. And uh, I, I think as a company, you, you lose a lot of money by doing that. Yeah, I think it's just like uh, to promote true sense of diversity and inclusiveness. We should, as leaders, make sure that the loudest voice is not considered as the right voice always. And sometimes that loud voice comes from the confidence that people have through their privileges and that's where they should start supporting other people who do not have the same privilege. Um, yeah, I would like to raise uh, another point in here wherein, you, you know, when we as leaders are trying to get more ideas on the table or to solve uh, problems more uh, in an innovative way, we also have to consider the biases that we hold ourselves. So I think that also plays a major role. How, what ideas are we biased towards, and what ideas are we not, um, uh, yeah, strong enough to pick up when they are on the table? And then, I think that also adds a lot to the team dynamics, um, wherein maybe some people who feel that an idea might be too overpowering for, um, you know, some of us to digest might not want to bring that idea forward. So I think. It's very important to screen ourselves. Well, okay, what filters are we applying when we are picking up those ideas from the table? So that is a conscious practice that we need to evolve and grow as leaders as well. I cannot press enough to what you said that screen ourselves resonate with me so much. Uh, I think you can only become a good leader when you are continuously growing and you have that mindset even in your personal lives as well and that's what flows into your work relationships too as soon as you get into a fight with your partner your friends step take a step back and see what how could have you dealt with the situation in a mature way as a leader so uh and that's a sign of becoming more inclusive as well you're taking into account others feeling and how you could have solved the problem in a more inclusive way so I personally cannot say like, I mean, yeah, self-screening is the key, definitely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I once had a developer, uh, I came up to him and I had an, uh, sort of an idea and a solution for it or a problem and a solution for it. And he almost, uh, yeah, he, he said that uh, don't come to me with a solution. I give you the solution. You only come to me with a problem. And I was like, what are you talking about? I know this. And I was like, yep, he's right. <laughs> but I, I learned, I, 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 yeah, I learned then, but 
but I, I bring that to me or to work every day because uh, uh, they are experts. Uh, the, the, and, and, and my job is to bring out the best in them, to, to produce the best idea, to produce this best solution. I'm there sort of like a gardener to help out and, and make them thrive. I don't, I'm not there to, to tell them how to do stuff. Because if I do, I'm, I'm a better developer, and then I, I'm in the wrong position. So I, I'm there for the, for, the, for the team. I think just on that, something we did not too long ago, uh, we did, of the leaders who work on my team, um, did a privilege walk, it was called. So this is where you kind of recognize your biases by everyone taking a step forward or back if a different situation has affected you. Um there are obviously negatives of some people don't want to share like some vulnerabilities in their lives and be aware of that. But if it is something, you know, you're able to do, it's so interesting to see, like you said, Jürgen, about people being experts at a field, like where has that come from and how different these experts can be, gives them different perspectives. Um, so that's really a really interesting thing that we did not too long ago. Has anyone ever done something like that to help control their biases? No. No. On a similar tangent, I think like what I have seen is uh, a lot of people do not take their bias trainings seriously and it just becomes like another chore and another training like they have to just go through. And honestly, whosoever is listening to this and is a leader, I would highly recommend to go through all those trainings with all serious intent. Because if a leader is biased, it just creates a very hard environment for anyone to be productive and they don't, the people would not enjoy to come to work. And this is on us to make the environment healthy. There are a lot of free trainings out there for unconscious bias, for privileged bias, for covering biases. And they're all free. I would like to work where my leaders have gone through those trainings and they have taken it seriously so that I also get that environment. Similarly, I would like to foster that environment for the individuals in my team. No, I definitely, definitely agree with that. Um... Nevedita? Yeah, I think with that said, um, we should also highlight the importance of creating a safe space for failure uh, because innovation is uh, only possible when you have tried and you have failed. So you, we cannot guarantee success for the first time every time you try. And when we take out these kind of different um, shortcomings that we generally have uh, in uh, interpersonal relationships that we can actually allow for failure uh, and it's okay to fail so that you get over some biases that we have a fear of failure and then self-confidence and so on and so forth and then allow to move ahead so that they can come back with more aggressive or more challenging innovative ideas that we have not thought about absolutely uh, so if we talk about failures in this particular regard, that there might be some things where we have shown some bias unintentionally. I think what I try to do personally with my team is uh, in our one-on-one -on -one documents, we have this thing uh, as the heading that assume positive intent. Try to understand that people are coming from different backgrounds. English is not everybody's first language. So there might be some confusions that might make you feel that, okay, this person is not being inclusive. They are targeting me. But try and clarify first and try to educate that person as well. So you're absolutely right. It's about learning from failures. And that's why we propagate growth mindset a lot. The people should be curious to know about other cultures as well. That how your words can make somebody feel excluded and how can you work on it. 
great point never did that yeah do you have anything to add to that uh no i think uh got it <laughs> that's why i i took time my hand uh but yeah i i totally agree and uh, it's it's completely fine uh to to fail and uh, if we if we do it uh, in in small amount uh, then it's no problem and uh, and uh, yeah uh, yeah yeah maybe i can go next because then yeah. i had floated a question um um about empowered teams and how do we thrive when we mindfully adopt certain practices um it is essentially a change in mindset exactly like what the uh, gitika pointed a while ago of how teams are expected to work so i would be very keen to understand or to hear from uh, both uh, yorgan and gitika what are the different practices that you all encourage in a team so that they feel empowered and feel safe uh to be innovative uh, in their workspace i mean uh, i could go ahead and say what we uh, what are the things that i would encourage in my team but maybe it's good for me to uh, open it up to the uh, forum first yeah let's open it up um gitika great question nivedita uh i think this is a hard one in terms of building that culture in the team to empower everyone one thing that I try to practice is autonomy and ownership. So as soon as the team members feel that they are, have the power to drive the roadmaps and they own that product, it gives them a certain sense of ownership that they can drive this work and they feel empowered enough to lead the changes. So I would uh, say autonomy and ownership would be one such practice. Yeah. Uh we are um, in the same way. uh uh first of all i i think that uh, uh it doesn't matter what you do if you do uh, uh uh integrations for example it's it's a very important to to go to the warehouse uh, to see what numbers the product number the order number or whatever to see that in in reality so you get a perspective to it you get another level of uh, perspective to it uh also uh, uh the we the developers should not be treated only as developers as, as getting access here uh, use your mind uh, uh, to think about the what you're doing in in, in business wise uh, see where we can uh, save money where we can earn money where we can uh, experiment uh, in in what type of directions talk to to the product owner uh, to different stakeholders to get more information about the products you get basically you will get uh, more uh, broader uh, and not as a developer and not just as a coder uh, and also i think uh, the one one last uh, thing is that 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 everyone is um providing to the culture so the culture is not something that someone has told us that here's how it should be but here's how it is not not right now and i'm contributing putting to it so i'm helping out to empower it to make it uh, yeah greater you know so um i think those two are really good oh getika yeah this wanted to put something on the table and it links the autonomy and inclusiveness so i got this feedback from one of my team members which was very interesting uh so sometimes when we would discuss some architecture related um uh, decisions that what we should use etc 
given that I had seven years of experience working as a backend engineer, sometimes I would just jump on the conclusion that yes, I've seen this problem and this is the solution. And my team members were really nice and they gave me this feedback that sometimes if you do that, we would not be inclusive that the decision was just given to us. Even though that's what we come to, like even after the discussion, like the team decides that that's the same thing that they want to do. But it's very important to give them that space to feel that it's their decision. And this was a hard feedback for me to work on because the engineer in me would quickly try to jump on the uh, decisions. So I think I just want to state that, that it's not very easy for leaders to provide that space, but this is something like we discussed, that we should continuously thrive for. So yeah, just wanted to give some anecdotes from my experience. Nivedita? No, uh, thanks for sharing that, uh, Gitika, because they, there have been certain um, instances in my experience as well. Um, also, in situations where I have seen uh, some of the leaders that I have worked with, how they have helped us to transform from uh, from. I, I don't know how to call it, but just to working in silos to being more responsible to towards what you're deli- delivering. I think uh, some of the most effective ways that I have seen uh, in my experiences is leading by example, where wherein you get your hands dirty along with the team and then, you know, be be the one who is kind of paving the way for the team and say, hey, this is how we will probably do it. And next time you're coming with that, then you just let them, you know, take that uh, spotlight and let let them try for you. So that is one very strong way of having a growth mindset and building that confidence and the growth mindset in the team as well. The other thing that I found very impactful uh, in my own career uh, path as well was when my managers have been extremely uh, communicative and collaborative, wherein they did not um, you know, filter information and they told what challenges they were facing. And then we came together to solve those problems for uh, the whole team and the manager felt like you know it was it's good that they shared rather than you know feeling vulnerable by sharing it so i think how you balance it out how you build that trust relation and how you provide that accountability and make everybody feel em- empowered to solve the same problem i think it's all in the dynamics of being a good leader so i have seen some of the examples come through uh, in real life and that have been very impactful which i think i will try to follow going forward yeah, I just wanted to give another anecdote from that. So when we conduct retrospectives uh, bi-weekly in our team, I always try to be vulnerable in front of the team, which is why I think my team trusts me and they also feel like they can be themselves in front of me. So it's not like a manager and engineer relationship. It's like a team. So when they have some things that, okay, this has not been working for us and uh, our manager needs to help something here. I also bring points that, okay, for me, there are these things that are not working and I'm discussing with my manager and they give me inputs like, yeah, have you tried this? Did you uh, write a document? And then did you reach to your manager? So it's like a teamwork and not like a power relationship, which is where the trust just loses. You good? Yeah. Uh, um, I just want to follow up there regarding the vulnerable uh, uh, part also. Uh, uh, when you you say you want to do something, you do it. Uh, so so the, the the team can trust you in in every every time. And also 
uh, if there is, or not if, but when there is the discussion within the company and the arguments here and there, you always protect them. Even if you know that, okay, they did wrong, but hey, you need to stand up for them because they have your back. So you need to have them take care of them. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with you, Jorgen. I mean, uh, we we need to, I mean, that, that's the part of building the relationship and keeping the trust and creating that safe space, right? Like you don't let the bullet pass you and only then they feel okay to fail. Uh, so I think it's uh, it's it's more on uh, yeah, how strong we are uh, as people and what kind of um, yeah awareness have we developed within ourselves uh, to enable to do that. So I think it comes with a lot of uh, self-introspection, uh, being self-conscious and then also being self-critical and things like that. So it, it's a lot of de- self-development things that we need to work on ourselves to create empowered teams. So empowered teams are not created by themselves by giving some kind of discourse. It comes from who you are as a person and how you enable uh, that with others. Yeah. I think we have touched a lot of uh, good practices here, some things around transparency, information sharing, autonomy, trusting. I think uh, there is one more thing that I believe in, which is providing that space for the team to continuously grow and learn. Sometimes it can be really tricky because you have a lot of items on the roadmap and you want your team to double down or to complete those uh, items. But honestly, I think your team trusts you more when you try to grow them by providing that time in their uh, schedule or during the sprint, maybe 20% bandwidth, etc., where they can grow their skills as well. Otherwise, it just ends up being a monotonous work and engineers might start feeling that we're just working on these particular things and we're never growing our skills. So uh, this can be one of the practices that as leaders, we can try to foster in the uh, team that we provide that space where people can grow their skills. Yeah, I, I uh, if, if you're uh, true to the team and also true to the stakeholders and the customers, I think that it's a lot easier to say that, hey, uh, we don't know this uh, type of database or whatever technology there might be. Uh, but but uh, we are eager to learn it. Uh, so if you give us some space, we will take care of it uh, and and learn as we go. But if you, uh, as we talked about earlier, not are not transparent, then 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 it will be like a small, uh, yeah, small, uh, yeah, a crap job that falls into the developer's lap that they need to take care of and save you because you have promised something else. Uh, up the stream so never it up yeah that is uh, true as well uh, because i can relate that coming directly from uh, what we drive as leaders right it's very important it's very important at least in my view to provide a purpose to the team on why they're doing what they're doing and why we are why why are we solving that problem space so i think it comes with the vision and strategy that you as a leader want to drive Definitely. Just because I am aware of time, are we okay to move on to Jurgen's question? All right. Um, yeah, we're talking about uh, the empowering teams and so on. Um, I have uh, been in, in teams that uh, want to change and go forward, uh, but uh, I've also uh, experienced a team that uh, uh, sort of have a motto where they say, uh, we have done this for 20 years. Why should we change? Uh, we don't have that, that knowledge 
in the technology so we can't go that way um, uh, there is some sort of um, where they feel that the, the the prison bars are there to protect them not to to hold them back and, and get back into the real life so yeah how can we reach out uh, to uh, these uh, types of team in order to unlock their potential and increase the the output because the output in those teams are really low in my experience so i think we need to bring in a very different um, environment around these teams wherein you create this trust space give them uh, understanding about the growth uh, needed uh, help them to understand what is happening in the world what is transforming you know how we will be uh, impacted in case uh, we don't uh, you know take a different uh, route and keep doing what we are doing it is challenging the status quo i think Essentially, it is those kind of things that we need to work with and um, help them to come out of that bubble that they are in uh, and give them examples of um, how things are being done or run in a different way elsewhere and show them that, yes, we can do it. I think it's more about building that confidence that we can uh, strive to do better if we are given all the tools that we have. Vance and Nevedita. So uh, I think you're absolutely right. Like we have to show them that how it the new things are working for the other teams before i put my points there you can this question is my favorite <laughs> i have experienced this experiences a lot and it is the most challenging one how you deal with this resistance i think it also comes to uh, what we have been discussing so far the transparent communication aspect that we discussed recently if we are able to communicate openly that this is why we want to bring this change I think that helps the team members to see the value of that change. One way what we uh, we try to do is we try to conduct some workshops where we discuss the pros and cons of the new method that we are trying to uh, bring into the team and also the pros and cons of the things that have been going. So we try to acknowledge that, yes, we have achieved success so far. But if we bring on this new method, this can change the ways of working and bring some more productivity in this particular fashion. So the workshops really help and it makes everybody feel that it's an inclusive space and they can share their opinions there. Yeah. But generally, yeah, how do you work, uh, Jorgen? Sorry. How, how do you, you have, have you tackled these kind of uh, uh, resistance within the teams? Um, we did. Uh, we did uh, visiting. Uh, we visited uh, uh, three different uh, types of uh, company uh, companies uh, uh, just to see how they work uh, to to get uh, to open their minds. Um, we tried different uh, things in order to to get them. Uh, first of all, uh, when when I got there, the the, the backlog uh, were never empty. Uh, or the board was never empty. We just uh, they just added new stuff, and uh, and uh, so it, it wasn't. Your mind doesn't get to a good state when you are there. So the first what to, what we did first was remove uh, all old things from the back uh, from the board into the backlog, uh, so we can get a clean sheet every iteration. And then we went out and visited. Uh, different uh, companies and get the information and, and knowledge and and then hopefully eye-opening uh, experience uh, from them and then we started to um, involve them into the organization more uh, because this organization has built uh, their own uh, uh, 
uh, economy system and so on, but but uh, the developers weren't there. So what we did was uh, every other Tuesday, um, uh, I as a developer go to the economy department and I'll be there with them to share their experience of my work. And then they were like, Let's say that there is a hard, uh, a lot of work in order to just print out a report or whatever. So then the developer said, hey, maybe I can fix it for you. Give me 20 minutes and I'll make a button for you that you just can click and you get everything that you want. And that that feeling that you, as a developer, uh, provides to, to, to the user or the stakeholder or whatever, that's, that's uh, almost like being a magician, I would use to say, because you, you make people happy. With, with what you do in in most cases so um that we started in that and we also uh, impl- uh, uh implemented a developer into the team that are really into these uh, uh agile manifesto uh, the, the five ideals uh, of uh, just humble and the other team the other guys there uh, uh, so uh they he worked within the team I worked from the outside uh, closely to the product owner. And uh, after six months, uh, I left and the the developer left after eight months. And then I talked to the PO after a year and he said, and I asked him, of course, how's it going? He said, it's going really well uh, because we did a six month planning right after I left. But we did, we, we completed that plus some more things. Because everyone now feels that they can talk to the developer. They're not in the end of the hallway in a dark room. They're, they're in, the, in the company. Uh, the people know them. So it's a lot of, um, it was a lot of uh, frustration, uh, but very cool experience to see and, and, for, and to hear the, the end game result here and that how it's, it really turned out well. Um, but it was very frustrating. <laughs> Did you get any faults? I think this is true leadership by example. <laughs> Amazing, lovely. Well, we only have a few minutes left of the podcast. It's gone around really quickly. Um, so any last thoughts, any last things people would like to share? I just want to share that it feels like there are three major themes that we discussed today, but it seemed like all of them can be solved by some guiding principles, uh, like leading by example, transparency, communication. So in the end, it's about a few principles that leaders leaders can own up and change the team health and unlock the potential. Uh, yeah, and I want to add that it, it's not only in work life these uh, principle works. Uh, Help do uh, agile uh, thinking when you when you redo your house or, or when you want to do other stuff in in uh, in in life and also bring this with you that for example I don't I'm not an expert in plumbing I'll talk to the expert but I I want to I want to be there I want to share transfer my knowledge of how I want it to that person so this is more than software development in my mind yes i think i agree with uh, what has been said so far both with the gitika and yorkan i think what i would like to add is um we we being uh, leaders uh, as a personality i think 
uh, it's more important to refocus everything, all the experiences on us and then see how, how can we improve uh, to make a change in the outside world. So I think it would start from inside out. Amazing. Lovely. I think that's a really nice place to, to finish the podcast um, and end the conversation. We've shared some really amazing thoughts here today. So thank you guys for joining. I really enjoyed listening and definitely will take some things from this conversation. Um, so thank you so much. Um, if anyone has any questions or would like to join the podcast, speak to these experts further, please let me know or reach out and we'll be able to start that conversation. Um, feel free to have a look on our website as well to see a little bit more about evolution and find out some more amazing things about our guests. Uh, but thank you so much for everyone for listening.